0: Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. We're excited to be with you today. Let's get growing, man. Day seven. Hallelujah. We're, we're making inroads and in getting to a place where we can allow God to exercise himself in our lives so that we can be the best man that we can absolutely be. I'm so uh, pumped about what God is doing in my life, um, in the lives of men all around me. I'm uh, excited about um, getting some small groups going so that we can have some fellowship and really dive in to this series and allowing God to really do something. I do have, um, I do want to plug out our um, series you want to get uh 33 the series you want to just go to authenticmanhood.com and you can get these um these volumes where you can um actually do the research and and have some extra information you can fill out the forms as you go it just helps um in the process you know you have to invest in yourself and so we we just thanking god for this opportunity, let us let us go ahead and get started. We are in Volume Two, um, Day One, and so let me go ahead and share that with you.
1: story. My name is Ryan Carter, and this is our team, Tears Green and John Bryson. Gentlemen, we have a lot to cover this series. Yeah, we do. Uh, we're going to learn about the importance of uh, really getting in touch with our story. You know, a lot of guys uh, don't know how to look in the rearview mirror and process all the stuff that happened to them.
0: on um, let me go ahead and get this volume set um, better let's stop this give me just one second we're gonna get started again hallelujah yes there we go we want to get that value better all right and let's go our
1: story and it's just so crucial for a man to understand his own story the challenge
2: of life sometimes and it's easy for a man to go through life without beginning to look at all these connections all of these relationships you don't have to look back but at the same time a man to properly process this material also must have friends with it he needs other men to help process his own story yeah, a lot of guys are going to be getting this information maybe on a plane or you know just
3: uh, you know somewhere by themselves. But to, but you can't do this in isolation. You need another man, you know, to kind of help you process this. And on one of the the great tools we have is a training guide. Every man needs a training guide. One of the things I like about the training guide not only does it have a lot of extra information and articles, but it's got a section for a strategic move for each session. And so as we're listening, we're thinking, how does this apply to me? What move do I need to make? And then at the end of the series, there'll be an action plan. We can
1: synthesize all those moves because man,
3: we need an action plan. Yeah, as
1: we go through these sessions, that's what's been so helpful for me. It's kind of my own personal playbook. And so that's why it's so crucial to get that training guide, you know, the website, authenticmanhood.com, get it off the app, however you need to get it and make sure you kind of get down on paper what those wise key moves are that you need to make as a man. Now you've got a plan, a playbook that you can execute and really take steps toward authentic manhood. Well, gentlemen, let's get started.
4: What happens when you get everything that you want There's actually a term that's been coined called success panic when really everything that you've dreamed about, everything that you've worked for, everything that you ever wanted actually happens. That was me. Um, My family was great. Loved my wife, four wonderful children, growing family, happy professionally. Things were so good. Everything that I touched turned to gold. Everything that was a part of was growing and expanding. And and, and then uh, I began to get close to 40 and things started unraveling, not with my family, not with my profession, but with my emotional life. And I realized I can't just keep my head down and keep doing what I'm doing. I can't just keep casting vision about the future. I can't just coast. I have to look back. I have to go back and figure out some of the things that were happening in my family system. I have to look back if I'm going to move ahead. So the theme of my story is just figure it out. Uh, From when I was a little kid, I remember my dad teaching me how to swim, which was basically throwing me in the deep end and telling me to just figure it out from my coaches and teachers who uh, probably meant well, but really just had this theme of you just need to figure it out. Not much teaching, not much training, not much coaching, not much counsel. Darren, you need to figure it out. And so that became kind of my narrative. And then when I succeeded professionally and I had people working for me, um, that was my theme for them, just figure it out. Uh, You know, if you're smart, if you're a hard worker, you'll figure it out. And that's what I've done with my kids, Um, just figure it out. And so now my kids uh, look back and say, well, dad, you didn't really teach me how to ride my bike. Uh, I kind of learned myself. You didn't really teach me how to play sports. I kind of had to learn myself. And so now I'm trying to go back and I can't just fix my parenting problems and I can't just fix my managing problems. I have to fix me and I have to go back and rewrite that narrative and uh, redo that theme Um, because life is not just about figuring it out. Life is about humbling yourself and learning. And that's what I'm trying to do. But I had to look back to get there. So I have to be honest, uh, this has been the hardest year of my life. Um, It's been difficult to look back, face my failure, deal with people in a way that is humbling and hard, uh, difficult conversation, awkward silences, all of that. But the fruit now a year later of looking back has been that I'm a better dad. Um, I wasn't a bad dad, but I'm a better dad. I'm a better husband. I wasn't a bad husband, but I'm a better husband. And this is what my staff is saying. Um, Hey, you're invested. You're engaged. You care about us. And all this happened because I faced my past. And I began to think about the story that God has been writing in my life. And and I'm letting him in. And I'm excited about the future, not just because I'm gifted and I have a great job and I have a great family. I'm excited because I am whole and I'm becoming more whole. And I'm looking forward to the rest of my life being the best version that God has of me.
1: Welcome in to the second series of 33 as we continue our journey toward authentic manhood. We're launching this series that we call A Man and His Story. Over the next six sessions, we're going to help you begin to process the events and the experiences that have shaped your life. You see, every man has a story. And to pursue authentic manhood effectively, you must come to grips and make some sense of your unique story. In this series, we're going to provide you with a biblical perspective to help you understand and give context to your pains, failures, successes, dreams, and hopes. Too often, men do not know how to deal with their hurts, hopes, and emotions. Over the next six sessions, we'll help you reflect on your past, understand how those events may have affected you in the present, and equip you to deal with what the future may hold. Today, we're gonna begin by looking back. Everybody has a story. Every guy has been shaped by the key moments in his life. The noble moments, the missed moments, hurtful moments, defining moments. And if you don't understand those key events of your story, then you could fall into the trap common for so many men. You see, too many guys are driven by events in their past that they don't understand or events that they're not willing to face. Their refusal to engage the pain from their past, it robs them of the authentic manhood that they were meant to live. Have you ever really taken the time to understand your own personal story? Do you know why you are the way you are? And why you do the things you do? Have you ever explained you to you? It's a key ingredient in the journey to authentic manhood. To be a real man, you got to look back. You've got to figure out what has shaped you and decide what needs to be held on to, what needs to be let go of, and what needs to be faced and reconciled. Now, we're going to be covering some sacred topics in this series. They may initially even feel to you as off-limit areas. We will address your family of origin and how the dynamics in your family may have affected you. Inevitably, your masculinity and your masculine journey has been affected by the family dynamics that you grew up around. Now, you may have grown up with two parents. You may have had one parent. You may have had no parents at all growing up. Or maybe there was a parent that was there for a while and then left. You may have been raised by an aunt, an uncle, a grandparent, a step-parent, or even by the state. But be assured, whatever your condition growing up, It's made a huge impact on your masculine journey, why you are the way you are in a lot of ways, and most likely, what you feel about life. Family of origin dynamics are important issues, which is why our next three sessions directly address those issues. Let's look at three key ideas that's going to help guide us through this series. First, we're going to take a balanced approach to analyzing our past. People tend to go to one extreme or the other when they think about their past. They either give it too much credit and how it's affected them, blaming everything on their environment or their parents or a tragic event, or they go to the other extreme, which is typical for most men, and they simply ignore their past, refusing to deal with the pain or the experiences there. Guys, our manhood definition won't let us ignore this issue. Do You remember our manhood definition? We discussed it in the Man and His Design series. We said that an authentic man rejects passivity, accepts responsibility, leads courageously, and invests eternally. It's the example that Jesus set when he was on this earth. So we're going to take the initiative to look back at our lives, to make peace where it needs to be, and not allow our past to dominate or define us. The second key idea is the concept of wounds. Life has given many of us physical scars and wounds, but the deepest wound that a man can experience in life, they're not physical, but they're the wounds of his soul. Because many times they don't just heal up, they're inflicted by circumstances. Those circumstances may or may not be of our own choosing. Regardless, these experiences leave wounds that continue to affect the way we live. Now, the natural instinct of a man who has a wounded soul is just simply to pretend it's not there, to bury it and go on with his life. But the truth is, when we have a wound that we don't deal with, some kind of unfinished business of the past, it does affect us and we tend to compensate for it. For instance, what if you grew up in a home where there was a lot of turmoil and you experienced a lot of pain? You know what some guys do with that? They compensate for that pain by learning not to feel. They just simply put a lid over their feelings. That helps get them through those difficult years, but it's very difficult then in some cases for that same man to have a warm relationship with people or an intimate relationship with a wife, or warm engagement with his kids. When you don't feel or have access to your heart, intimacy is impossible. For most guys, even though they put a lid on that pain, it keeps finding ways to get out. And to compensate, most turn to coping mechanisms and escapes, like stimulants or drugs or excessive alcohol. Others may escape into pornography or workaholism to offset the pain that they don't want to deal with. In this series, we're going to deal with it. We're going to address wounds. Now, we define a wound as any unresolved issue where a lack of closure adversely impacts and shapes the direction and dynamics of a man's life now. Every man has wounds, and we're going to help you man up and deal with them head on so that you can be free, free to live the masculine journey as God intended for you to live it. The final key to remember as we launch into this series is that ultimately God is the author of your life. Realizing this incredible truth will change your entire perspective. The course of your life is not and has never been left merely up to chance. No, the all-powerful God of the universe, the one who knit you together in the womb and has plans and purposes for your life can redeem your past and bless your future so that you can make a difference for his kingdom. The Bible speaks directly to this issue in Romans eight twenty-eight. It says, for those who love God, all things work together for good. The Bible is full of men with stories like mine and stories like yours. Men with painful and broken past whom God redeemed powerfully and used mightily. Regardless of what has happened in your past, God can redeem it and use it to bless others. With those key ideas in place, let's get some help and guidance on looking back. For this session, we're going to interview two experts to help us understand the importance of our past and this whole idea of story. First, we're going to hear from Jeff Schulte. Jeff is a personal friend, and he serves as a fellow and executive director of the Sage Hill Institute. That's an initiative for authentic Christian leadership. Jeff speaks nationally and internationally on a variety of men's issues. He's got seminary degree from Western Seminary. He also graduated from Yale University, where he played football. We're also going to hear from Dr. Chip Dodd. Chip is the executive director and co-founder of the Center for Personal Excellence. It's a treatment center that works with high-level executives. Chip is the author of two books, The Voice of the Heart and The Perfect Loss. He's also a popular speaker and has led countless workshops and seminars and retreats all over the country. Jeff and Chip have a unique insight into the realities of manhood, which will help us a ton. They've not only fought well through their own stories and for their own authentic masculinity, but they've watched and helped hundreds of other men on similar journeys. So listen closely as Jeff and Chip launch this journey for us and explain why it's vital for a man to understand his past and to know his own story. Well, guys, every man has a story. Let's talk a little bit about or tell me about a man and the journey of looking back and the opportunities or the barriers in a guy's heart when it comes to looking back.
5: Well, i, I tell you... Um... Ever since my sons were little, I have a son that's 21, one is 19, uh, when little, they're always saying, hey, dad, tell me a story, tell me a story, tell me a story about you. I started telling them the truth about my life in terms of what happened to my heart. And that's really the story of a man's life is, where did you put your heart? What happened that you hid your heart, very tragically? And my greatest hope as a father is, you won't have to hide
6: yours, that you will use yours to do exactly what it's made to do. Oftentimes, we think we're writing the heroic story. Um, when the stories that are most powerful in my life and continue to be the powerful in the lives of my kids are the ones that are stories that show them a, a human dad yep. with a great God. Yep. You know, I sat down with my son several years back, and you know, every young kid, you know, thinks his dad's still a hero. He was still at the age when I couldn't do wrong and I was still on a giant pedestal. And I was gonna share with him some of my story in a similar way that Chip was just describing. And um, my greatest fear was, my greatest fear, like now my son's gonna think his dad's a loser, his dad's a failure, Um, uh, he won't respect me, won't, you know, all those things that you want your boy to think about you. And I remember sitting him down and walking him through some of the tragedy of my story and some of my great failure in the midst of that story And, and being with him in it and talking to him and his first response out of his mouth was this. And I think, gosh, at the time, Jay was what he'd been maybe 12 years old. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me in the eye. first thing out of his mouth, he said, Daddy, I think you must be more like me than I thought. Mm. And it wasn't because he was dealing with the same issues I was dealing with, That all of a sudden he saw that his dad was human and in need of God. Mm-hmm. Like he already knew that he was human and in need of God. Mm-hmm. In that moment, although I'm, a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm ahead of him and above him as a dad in some ways, in that moment I came next to him as just another man in need of a great God that can save a man in great need. And I'll tell you, that was actually a turning point with my son. And that from then on, he began to be free with me more than he ever had been with what's happening inside of him. Not just stuff he's doing, but stuff he's feeling, stuff he's afraid of, stuff, stuff, he, stuff he's glad about, what he's feeling lonely or scared or hurt. Because he was starting to see that it was okay for him to be a human being because he had a dad who, had, who was a human being. That makes See, sense. And our
5: sons are asking us, our daughters are asking us, teach me how to be human. That's it. Before yeah. a God that can meet me in this, yeah. instead of teaching me how to be a hero. Yeah, and God makes heroes, enough. we don't yeah. make
6: ourselves. Teach me how to supersede my humanity somehow by being above it, mm-hmm. which oftentimes that's the way we want to tell the story. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, that's not my story. In fact, that's what I love about the scriptures, is that's not the story of this book. Um, and this book is about people made for innocence who experience great tragedy that try to survive apart from god and ultimately are promised a redeemed future and that's the story of the bible but it's also my story and i've learned to find my story in the context of this story and to say this is a book about human beings in need of god that try to live without him but ultimately can find him and it's a god who's pursuing them you know i think a lot of guys uh, are afraid to look back or refuse to look back. There's a lot of reasons behind that, but sometimes I think they even use a misapplication of scripture mm. as a justification to not look back. And we'll you, quote, you ver- a few we'll quote verses like out of Philippians chapter three, where the apostle Paul says, I forget what lies behind, I press forward to what lies ahead. Or we go to 2 Corinthians chapter five, where Paul says, behold, all things are new, old things have passed away, new things have come. And there's this assumption that somehow when we come to know Christ, everything that happened prior to that, it's like this giant dry erase board that got wiped away. And we don't realize that for the Apostle Paul, in the context of both those passages, he's talking about our position in Christ. He's not talking about his story. Listen, the Apostle Paul knew he had a story, and he knew that his story was impacting who
1: he was and what he was at that present moment in his life. As you've watched other men attempt to look backwards, either of you have watched other men, what are some barriers, what keeps a man from looking back, what are some... uh complications? Where does that not work well? What do guys try to do instead of looking back? I mean, what have been some of your experiences you've observed other men?
6: Well, and it's, you said, why don't we want to go back? And it's the story of the scriptures because you have one alternative. We can defend ourselves or we can surrender and give back over to God that which is his, which is us. And most of this book is about people trying to live life apart from God. And you can pick anything you can pick pornography you can talk about work you can talk about food you can talk about recreation you can talk about hurt some guys feelings you can talk about hunting anything that keeps me away from seeing my life the bible describes those as empty cisterns that don't hold water the bible describes that as idolatry it's trying to live my life and survive my life apart from god and i'm telling you if i go back in my story and each other and each other apart from each other and if i go back into the story it's the story that takes me back to my need. And my need takes me back to surrender. My surrender brings me back to God as a human being in need of being saved, redeemed, remade, given the life I was meant to live. So, unless I have that story, can feel that story, go back through into some of these wounds we're talking about, I would say what we try to describe as Christianity, walking with God, becoming changed, living this life, becoming a godly man, most of it is, most of it is denial most of it is trying to live life apart from life most of it is thinking if i just learn enough of this i won't have to feel anything so what we have is we have religion but we have no relationship we have no relationship with god no relationship with each other and that's why we can my story is this i i did that for about 20 years maybe a little bit more than 20. but it's exhausting it's exhausting chasing the carrot around central park but never finding the pearl of what i was made for which is to me be with me, me be with you, and me be with God, and to live in relationship with each other that way. And so we miss out. And so we do what the whole Bible is full of, is people trying to live without God. And that's why guys don't want to go back. Listen, it's terrifying to look back at that stuff. It's threatening. It's scary. What's going to happen if I go back there? I know with my dad's stuff, I almost felt like sometimes I I was sitting over this manhole cover, and I would peer in and look at it. And i would see some of the stuff about my dad about my life about my childhood and i was afraid that if i stuck my head into that hole the darkness of that hole was just going to suck me in the sadness the hurt the loneliness and then i wouldn't come out alive and so i would shove the manhole cover back on there drive a car on top of it make sure there was a wheel on top of that manhole cover put bricks on there make sure i didn't have to go back there use the bible to keep me away from it even this tell the story but not have to feel the story which was another way of trying to act like I'm connecting with you, but I'm pretending and I'm faking it, even even in the name of intimacy and authenticity. But i have still not really told you yeah, who I am. Just because a
5: man can repeat the incidences of his life doesn't mean that he's told the story. And that's a good thing. Yes, but it doesn't mean he's told the story. No, mm-hmm. unless his heart catches up with what he's saying. And a lot of us, it, it can't. We know we haven't been taught how to. We're ignorant about it. We're in denial about it. We're traumatized. And
6: mm-hmm. my experience has been, and it's growing in, having gone into the manhole. Mm-hmm. It's not an abyss. It's not a swamp that doesn't take you anywhere. It's a river. It's a river that dumps you out in a good place. It's a river mm-hmm. of surrender, of need, of brokenness, of repentance, of a cry out to God that says, I am a human being in need of you. I can turn to my friends. And this gets back to the to the man thing, the friend thing, the connected thing with other guys. I can say, I'm in need of you. I'm not an island. I, I can't live apart from you, Chip. If I can't tell you the truth about my life, I'm alone and I'm scared mm-hmm. and I'm dying over here. Pretending I'm next to you by trading information about God and trading information about myself, but you never know what's going on inside me. And I'm telling you, that's a lonely, desperate place that many Christian men sit. They sit around in Bible studies. They sit around in small groups, trading information, but not connecting with each other and not connecting with God and not connecting with their wives or in their kids.
5: I thought strength
6: meant um,
5: being unable to feel. I literally believed that the more I couldn't feel, the, really the more proud God would be of me, the more God would be able to do with me,
6: like the more my up, friend would Face the wind, me. walk into it, Absolutely. press through. Like I'm tough yeah. t- t- yeah. and walk winner, in it. Winner, yes. winner.
5: Never number two, that's first loser. Yeah. You know, the winning and losing. I did not know that God cares could care less about winning and losing. God cares about truth and lies and living, not winning and losing. So what's amazing is surrender means to give back over that which I took away from what it was made to be.
6: I would say this, JB, as we talk about the definition of man and unpack that, what that means, and then living that out in the seasons of a man's life, that a man doesn't have a shot in the dark to walk into living out and becoming that definition and that becoming part of who he is, unless he's walked through the doors of the father wound and the mother wound and the alone wound, the other man wound, needed friends and mentors, and then the heart wound. He can't. You know, when my wife says something to me, and it maybe is a, you know, a one-pound, uh one pound comment and I respond with a 50 pound response boom I blow up on something big listen that's about this much to do with my wife and about this much to do with my mom and I'm feeling something in that moment if I don't understand I don't mean understand here I mean if I don't know where all that's coming from in my heart and what I'm feeling in that moment Listen, I will rage at my wife, which really I'm raging at my mom. I'm giving a voice to my wife that I never had a voice to give my mom, which says, you're smothering me. You're controlling me. Like, you are I know my dad's gone, but you're loving me too much. I'm trying to become a man here. Like, let me make some mistakes. Let me be clumsy. Let me be like an idiot for a while. I'm a teenager, but this is part of what the journey looks like, mom. And I know I scare the death out of you, but... But listen you can't put me in a box and so when my wife puts me in a box listen it's my mom putting me in a box and my response to my wife in that moment is not a response to her if i've not walked into some of this mother wound i'm blowing up my wife and really i want to talk to my mom and tell her the truth about what it was like growing up in that home you cannot you cannot i don't think apply any of the stuff we talked about in this series unless we're walking through some of these doors about a man's story
1: well, it probably goes without saying that those are two men who understand the heart of a man and understand the importance for a man to understand his story and to go back into his story.
3: Yeah, you know, the first time I heard that concept, it it frightened me a little bit. You know, to to look back and deal with some of those hurtful moments, but I
2: realized I had to because it was affecting who I who I am today. Most of us as men, we go through fa- so fast through life that we never slow down to look back. We're so busy, we're so engaged in other things, but it's only when a man, when I begin to look backward, that's when I begin to understand my purpose, my past, and what God was trying to do in my life.
1: It's far easier to not even go there, to not even stop, pause, reflect, try to make sense of my life to me. And so, um, man, we really, I want to really encourage the men to 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 do the brave thing, to uh, persevere through this. We're going to step into some white waters. Right. It's not easy right. going back, but I found I had to step into my past in order to find the freedom that I so wanted for my future. Yeah, and
3: one of the ways uh, we engage in this, one of the ways we step into this, is to uh, get with other men. You know, we can't do this alone. We need other men. And but also in our training guide, we got to write down something. You know, some strategic move. What's my Take away from this. And
1: I think the strategic move for this one's pretty obvious that to challenge every man on this journey with us right. to just take a pen, take some paper, write down what are those noble moments in his life? What are those painful moments? What are those great moments? What are those missed moments? And, and begin to kind of tell your story to yourself so you can start right. to understand Indeed. why you do what you do.
2: Right. And then begin to share that story with your small group. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the most powerful experiences is to be able to share your story with another man it's in that, in that environment that you really begin to know each other even more.
3: Yeah, yeah well, some of the white water we're gonna jump into uh, happens in the next session is a man's relationship
6: with his dad.
0: Wow, 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 powerful, very powerful. I remember kinda asking, you know, where's oh, my no. dad? Dear son,
2: I'm sorry.
3: Probably the most powerful relationship in a man's life is his relationship with his dad. The glory of sons is their father's. With Christ's help, we can overcome any obstacle. None of us were raised by a perfect father. And it wasn't until I faced that father and dealt with it that I was able to to move on in my journey towards off.
0: Yeah. So we, we're excited. We're excited that, um, we had this opportunity to really allow God to, uh, help us unpack some things that has happened in our past and, and be able to experience, the fellowship with other men you know i've had the opportunity to do this in in prison uh, i do prison ministry all the time and i'm a volunteer chaplain assistant and I, I i get to really share you know it's so much easier to share i guess in there sometimes than you know in the free world but um, just, you know, connecting with men and, and listening to their story and and seeing them unpack themselves and then unpacking some stuff for myself and, and you know, sharing and being very vulnerable um, to those men. And it, it really opens you up and you, you get a chance to really see, you know, the Bible talks about, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And sometimes we don't even know what's in our heart until we start talking about it. And we we realize how passionate uh, or how um, how deeply we feel about certain things. And so um, that communication is very, very, very important. And, and so um, we're going to be starting some small groups with Let's Get Growing Man. And I'm, I'm just, um, you know, Ready for you guys to just ju- chime on in and say, "Hey, I'm ready to get started. Uh, I'm ready to get going. Let's let's start this small group um, and 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 just do it. You know, um, no better time than the present. We are in a new year, 2021, and it's a new time and a new season in our lives, and we just want God to just have His way. I want to grow. I want to be the best me that I can be. I want to be the best man of God. I want to be the best husband. I want to be the best father. I want to be the best son. I want to be the best uh, boss. (laughs) I want to be the best, you know, and um, God, God is, is going to assist us in in doing that and accomplishing that goal. So this is just Antoine. I'm excited to be here with you and I'll see you at the top. Bye for now.